Welcome everyone to the Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me again as always is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in this game because he's always the same. That's me. Now, Grumpy, um, we actually have a little bit of hockey news, which is very odd during this time period with with the uh, the uh, suspended season due to COVID-19. But at least the most recent developments are the NHL will look to go ahead and postpone the rest or cancel, better yet, the rest of the regular season for this year and go ahead and move almost into a 24-team NHL playoff type of atmosphere. Yep. That's correct. Uh, you know, it's just one of many possible scenarios thrown out there. Um, you know, at, at least I'm glad that they're talking about, and all sports are doing it, which I think is good, which is, means, you know, they're trying to get back to a more normal life and uh, getting sports back out there for people to watch. I know everyone wants to do that. And of course, they're not going to do it till they think everything is safe. You know, how safe can you make it? Who really knows? It's going to be what it's going to be. Um, but yeah, I kind of, I'm not necessarily opposed to, uh, the 24 team setup. I don't know the exact details, of course, of what they're talking about. If it was me, I think, uh, 24, first of all, 24 teams is a lot. Yeah. Know? And just to, just to give you a little context, grumpy old man, there are 30, was it now 32 teams in the league or yeah, 32 teams? Well, or it's going to be 32 after Seattle. So right now is it 31? 31 right now. Yes. Yes. Okay. So we have 31 teams in the league right now. 24 teams is a little bit more than three fourths of the entire NHL will make the playoffs in some capacity. It will have a play in game or, you know, a play in series in order to make the playoffs. So every team essentially getting really a chance to go ahead and compete for a Stanley Cup. Yeah. I would have to think that, you know, honestly, the best way to do it with 24 teams is you have uh, almost in essence eight buys uh, for the first round. And then you'll have uh, the other 16 teams. And I guess that would go two teams per each division would get a buy. And then you would have uh, the bottom teams uh, or bottom, the last 16, kind of maybe a best of five series. And then the survivors of that would be eight teams, go up against those other eight teams, and then you're ready to roll just like a regular playoff series. The negative is you're going to see teams uh, – well, actually, there's quite a few negatives, honestly – I think you're going to see a lot of injuries, a lot of muscle injuries. Uh, first coming back, it's like, okay, we're going to start. And that's the thing when you start right into a playoff series as opposed to a limited regular season or a brief preseason, whatever you want to call it. I think you're going to see a lot of muscle injuries from players. And then you're also going to have the uh, teams that are sitting out. Uh, they're not going to be game ready when the series first starts. Well, I, I think I think you are right about muscle injuries, uh, specifically muscle injuries, because the playoffs are a different animal, especially the NHL playoffs. During the regular season, you know, you see them exert energy, and it's it's a grueling, you know, eighty-two game series where it's a physical game, and you play eighty-two games over the regular season. Um, when the playoffs are around and you're fighting, you know, game in, game out to still be alive and you're in survival mode every single game, you see the effort increases. And when you see that increase and in uptick in the output and the effort of these players, that's that you're right. That's when you're going to see, you know, they overextend themselves. Maybe they try to stride too long up. Oh, here's my hip flexor. Here's this. Oh, now I've got a little bit of a hamstring injury here. I got a quad. You're going to see those popping up more than probably would be ideal. 
So I do think you're right about that, just because they're not in game shape. And they could do whatever they want, you know, try to get a ramp-up schedule where they get some a few preseason or uh, mid-season games back in that necessarily don't count, but allow you to get that type of uh, NHL atmosphere back into the actual stadium and into, into these teams' ideas. But it doesn't matter how many uh, simulated games or, or you know, uh, preseason s type games you play, those guys still won't be 100% ready to go. Right. And you're right about the Stanley Cup playoffs, I feel, are without a doubt, the it's the toughest of any sport to get to a championship. Uh, the games definitely ratchet up in intensity. The physical contact ratchets up, ratchets up. Um, and that's that's my concern. And then I'm concerned from, like I mentioned, the top eight teams who would get a first round bye, they're going to be complaining, well, we're not in game shape. You know, these guys are. And it's like, what are you going to do? Because, I mean, you can try to replicate game action, you know, as a practice, but nothing's like actually playing the game. As you yeah. Know. You're 100% right. And again, this is not going to, there's not going to be any perfect ideal scenario that we can throw out there. Um, there's always going to be some cons to it. That's just the atmosphere we're in right now. And COVID 19 is very fluid and the things I feel like are changing by the day. Um, but at least out of the ideas I've heard, this sounds like the most plausible for this time period right now because I don't think you can return back and play another almost 18, 17 games, depending on the team, of a regular season and then go to the playoffs. I, I just don't think that's possible. Um, I, I do think this helps keep, again, a little bit of the schedule of the NHL, even for the 2021 or the 2020-2021 season. So, Yeah, and also, you know, they also want to get this all kind of set up so they can figure out the lottery for the draft also, which they're looking to push up. Um, I don't know, honestly, if there's enough time um, for them to do that. Uh, I'll be flat out honest with you. I don't see how you can get a playoff series in at this time and have that draft like at June 5th or whatever they planned it. I, I just don't think it's feasible time-wise. Uh, I know they want to make sure that they have, you know, however many teams are in the lottery in the lottery and those bottom, uh, whatever it is, seven teams would automatically be in, but I don't know what they do for the balance. Yeah, I was about to say, now this is interesting when we're talking about the NHL lottery. I could see them doing something of the sorts where at the bottom seven teams that would not be in the playoff scenario, those teams would all be thrown into the lottery. And I'd almost be fine with the remaining teams, the remaining 24 teams having a sort of separate lottery almost. You know, that would be kind of exciting. Again, this is unprecedented. It would keep me a little bit entertained. I know the Islanders would be selecting – Oh well, correction. We don't have a first round draft pick this year, but who whoever cares? does, right? So, so for me, who cares? I don't care. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they'll have the bottom, the bottom seven be in the lottery, and then everybody else would be based on record. That that's how I think it'll wind up playing out. And the only thing, and again, I've seen maybe win percentage would be the record they go off of, um, and that makes sense because not every single team has played the same exact amount of games. So, really hard to go ahead and say points. Uh, points for on the season is going to be what we determine where teams select. But again, the Islanders don't have a first round pick. And, and I yeah. saw again, people questioning this obviously impacts player trades that would usually occur during the NHL draft. That definitely does impact that for certain. And it does impact possible trades for draft picks and you give up player considerations, et cetera. This definitely impacts that if you do have this draft before the actual NHL playoffs. Yeah. And, uh, 
you know, I'm 100% in agreement with you there. Uh, you know, and also don't forget the Islanders also don't have a second round pick either. So we're just kind of mailing this draft in. Well, I, and this is and this is the thing. The Islanders, I thought, would have been a prime candidate this offseason to really make some moves because when you look at their cap space, it's not a lot. And at least based off of the projections for next year, again, I don't know exactly what they're going to be, but people project the cap to stay the exact same because we're going to be missing probably those 17 or 18 games of the regular season, and we're going to have this um, retrofitted special playoff series. Um, but in the same token, they don't expect the cap to increase a lot, and we're sitting right around $11 million in cap space, and we've talked about it before. You have to sign back Ryan Pulak, Matt Barzal, Devon Taves, and Ia Sorokin. You have four big pieces you have to sign back. So I thought the Islanders were definitely in the market to move some players that did demand cap on their team currently, and that's maybe where they could acquire some draft capital. Obviously, having the NHL draft before the playoffs could really hinder their ability to do that. But long term, the Islanders had to make some moves, and they have to make some moves to free up some cap space. And that's where I thought we'd get some draft capital back in return if we're able to package up some sweet deals for other teams. Yeah, where's that horse so I can beat it, that dead horse? Because, as you know, I've been banging on that drum for, I don't know, what, over a year now? Um, we should have done it last year. I mean, anyone with, uh, you know, two eyes was able to see that they were going to be in cap trouble. Well, that's that's not even the point of what I'm saying, because we've we've discussed it. No point in continuing to beat that horse. I'm saying right here, though, if we have the draft before the playoffs, that really does handcuff us with the moves that we can make, because what are you going to do? You're going to think more towards the sustainability of the franchise. Are you going to make these trades before the actual NHL playoffs and mail it in for the NHL playoffs? Or are you going to go for the Stanley Cup? And that's what I was talking about, that type of dilemma. Yeah, there's no way that they're going to get the draft in after the playoffs. I, yeah. I just I just don't see it. So you have to make the best of a bad thing. And at this case, I mean, it, it's just going to be, it is what it is. Um, I agree it's not optimal. Yes, it's going to limit trade options, certainly, of the teams that are in the playoffs. Um, but it kind of is what it is. And Lamarillo hasn't made any deals around the draft in the last few years anyway. So I don't think it really matters to us any, either way. Well, again, I disagree. When you look at the players that we had to sign back, there are going to be deals made. If not at the draft for the Islanders, there will be deals made in the offseason because something needs to be done. We have to go ahead and clear up the cap. And, you know, you got guys like Nick Letty, who we've talked about before, that can maybe be slid out. Johnny Boychuk commands a lot of cap. It, it, there were just things that need to be done. And obviously having this draft before the playoffs does not help the Islanders, despite the Islanders not having a first or second round pick this year. Um, but it's neither here nor there. We're not going to be able to do anything to change that. Um, but Grumpy, I do have a question for you. When things do start back up, and you know they look that like they look the way that they're headed, they're going to be starting up hopefully within the next few months. Um, who do you think it benefits the most during this time period? I mean, obviously they're going to start back up from scratch. Everybody's going to have fresh legs. What scenario or what team do you think benefits the most from this scenario? for the actual NHL playoffs and winning a Stanley Cup? I think it depends on – actually depends on two things. Number one, how are the guys keeping them in shape now? Um, are they keeping uh, – you know, are the guys keeping themselves in shape now? Are they doing things on the side to make sure that they can be as fit as they can when the season starts? 
And number two, you have to look at historically, which are the teams that come out of the gates fast, where the coaching staff prepares them for the beginning of the season. And that bodes well for the Islanders. I firmly believe that. Barry Trotz gets those guys coming out of the gates pretty quick. Um, and I think that would certainly help the Islanders. Those are the two, the two biggest things for me. Well, all Islander fans do remember at the beginning of this season, we started off the year 16-4-1. We hit that hot streak, and we were hot as all get out for the maturity of that first stretch of the season. Um, so you're right. I do think that does help. But I was more gearing that question towards does that help older teams or younger teams more? And, I, again, I think it, it does help those older teams more. You do have a little bit fresher legs come the NHL, the NHL playoffs and the Stanley Cup playoffs. And those older, more veteran players understand what it takes to jump from doing nothing, quote unquote, to where you're not in NHL activities into getting ready to play, you know, the most important time period possible, which is the NHL playoffs. Right. And that's that's what I meant. You know, who's keeping themselves in shape? Not necessarily just the veteran players. It does help veteran players, though. Guys like Sedano Chara. Um you know, they can certainly use that rest going into the playoffs. I think it helps the older teams uh, because they their legs won't be dead after playing an 82-game season. Um, and like I said, that could help the Islanders also. Uh, at the end of the day, it's as good as you play. Uh, so that's going to be the biggest thing. But you would think that the coaches were already saying, hey, guys, you got to be doing something. Um, oh, I, I'm, not, I'm not worried about their preparedness. Uh, I think all players are going to be doing something um, when it comes to the younger players. And at least when you're a younger professional athlete, you're still trying to find what works well for you in preparation for off seasons and preparation to, to be NHL ready. You're still always mixing and matching what works well for you. When you're more of a veteran, you have this guy that you've been working with for off seasons for the last seven, eight, nine years, and you kind of already have a plan in place where he already makes everything. You know what type of exercises you need to be doing. It's just a little bit more comfortable for them. Where you know for these younger players, and not all of them, but these younger players. I mean, they just got done with juniors, and now they're you know they're just really getting their feet wet for a few years with the NHL. They're still trying to figure out what works well for them in the off seasons. Yep, and a couple other groups that it can help. The guys who are going to be who are going to have returns maybe as the playoffs started or at the end of the year, I think it helps teams like Pittsburgh. Uh, it helps teams like Colorado. Um, I think it's there's quite a few teams that it helps in that regard. Another reason being uh, the younger players, uh, the Kale McCars, let's say for Colorado, have not played a full NHL season, and a lot of times you see those young guys they kind of hit a wall at the end because they're not used to playing that many games. But I think this will help too. Um, honestly, if guys come out of the shoot ready to play and are fit, I think you could see a fantastic playoff because you're not limited by injuries for the most part. Uh, you'd see Gensel back, you know, guys like that, guys who are dinged up, who are playing, who are playing, but were injured and playing through injuries. They're going to be 100% healthy, also. Exactly, they're going to be back to full capacity. Absolutely. Um, it kind of reminds me, not to interrupt real quick, it kind of reminds me when they used to have the Canada Cup, which, um, or the World Cup of Hockey, which they had before the season. And the hockey was fantastic in those tournaments because it was the it was before the season started, so everyone was healthy. We play Russia, uh, you know, Canada, the United States, you know, Czechoslovakia, all those teams, and everyone would be ready to go. And that was some really spectacular hockey 
uh, back in the day, seeing those guys play at the beginning of the season as opposed to at the end. Yeah, uh, almost even like the World Series of Baseball, where it's, um, I, I think I'm getting that right, where it's like all the different countries compete in the baseball before the actual season begins. Um, yeah, but with real players playing and on every team. That's a difference. <laughs> yeah, I know baseball's a little different. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see for sure. I do think that the Islanders benefit. Again, they are an older team. Um, and we talked about it before, you know, they actually went into this break that they were a team that was definitely tired. Um, they were short shifting a lot of guys and a lot of guys were playing more minutes than they were accustomed to. And now you got that break. So there's no real excuses for the Islanders at this time period when we do return. That's for sure. Well, like I said, I think this, I think this break really helps the Islanders because, Regardless of what Barry Trotz saying that the team's game was rounding into form, I didn't see it uh, in any way, shape, or form. Um, and it, the fact that we're an older roster who knows how to play, you know, a system game like we play could really benefit us. To me, it, it would come down to our goaltending and still are we able to put the puck in the net because I think we're going to be solid defensively. I don't think Pellick will be back. Um, no, I mean, that torn Achilles, it takes a long time. And even, you know, quote unquote, if he was healed up, it takes a long time of rehab afterwards, after you're out of the walking boot, no longer on crutches and things of that nature. It takes a long, think about the motion hockey players make too, when they're skating, they're putting pressure on that Achilles constantly. Any sport that has a high um, explosion, they're always going to be putting it on there, that Achilles. Well, any sport where you have to move. You're gonna if you don't if your Achilles isn't right you're gonna struggle. Um, like I said, I just feel that this is a situation that could benefit the Islanders. I don't know if our goaltending is good enough, honestly. Um, but you know, you know, a guy like Johnny Boychuk, right? Tell me that doesn't help him. I mean, he'll be healed up for a stretch run, and he's always gonna give you a hundred percent. I definitely think it helps Johnny Boychuk. You want to know who else? I think this helps in a weird way, is Noah Dobson. And now hear me out on this, grumpy old man. We always – I used to play college football and play football, you know, played played at a competitive level. Now, when we, when we used to train and when you come in as a freshman and you first get your taste of what it's like to play the sport really seriously, and that's what Noah Dobson has when he's up there with the actual Islanders organization. You come in, you're always a little shell-shocked. It takes you a while to get acclimated. Now, this is for most players. And for whatever reason, they always talk about the improvement you make in spring ball. And I never really believed it until I was there for years. And you kind of you kind of did see it with players. You could be practicing all throughout the fall in a football scenario. You could be contributing in games and everything like that. But for whatever reason, when you came back and you knew what the expectations were and you knew kind of what the NHL game was like, you're able to make leaps and bounds on your second trip around. Right. And that's the, that's the same thing in the NFL. You see the biggest jump between player performance between the first and second year. Um, now, and even though it hasn't been a year off for Noah Dobson, he has had that time period off where he can get acclimated and start improving towards what he knows his weaknesses are. Right. And kind of reflect on what he needed to get better at. Now on the, the negative side of that, unless it's selling popcorn, uh, no adoption's not going to play for the Islanders. <laughs> Absolutely, unless they come to somebody else, he's not getting off the bench. He'll be sitting in. He'll be sitting in the stands as a help well, every night. 
Well, again, for you know, we talked about it. There are going to be more injuries, especially in the playoffs, um, just because it's going to be ramped up. I'll be interested to see when they do return. They've talked about it since the start of these uh, discussions about having some sort of a preseason before the actual NHL resumes. How many games they want to have in that, if that's even still on the table, because with teams just going right into the playoffs, do you want to be playing teams essentially you might be playing in the actual playoff scenario? Or are you just going to go ahead and have these, you know, uh, pre-training type games or pre-playoff type games? Are they going to be against the other conference, the Western Conference? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. what I don't think any of that has been decided, honestly, but I don't think that you're going to see teams play cross-conference. I, I just don't need know logistically if that's something that's even feasible, to be honest with you. Uh, so we could come out, honestly, and have a number of games. Maybe the whole first round could be really sloppy. And, you know, but that's that then brings into in the second round, how are the better teams going to look since they're just starting? I mean, well, and, and, that, and this is my point. Um, I don't believe, number one, that we're going to be having these games held at the normal arenas that they usually have been held at. I just don't think that's a scenario. I think, you know, they talked about it before. They wanted to find a neutral site where these games could be held, where, you know, uh, coronavirus necessarily hasn't uh, taken a huge stronghold or huge hit in that area. I still believe that is their goal. Um, and, and for those teams, that those eight teams in this scenario – that aren't playing at that time period, they're they're going to have to be doing something where I, I wouldn't honestly. Again, the Islanders are not one of those teams that won't be playing during the first, you know, when the first sixteen teams face off or the twenty-four playoff teams. But those eight teams, it wouldn't shock me at all if they would maybe play each other in a certain uh, sense of the game, to where maybe they'll have three games over that time period. They'll get to face the other upper echelon teams, so they can kind of get back up, up to game playing form. Yeah, then you run the risk of injury also. I, I mean, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see what they come up with. I mean, I know they're not sitting there, you know, they're not in their offices sitting on their hands. They're trying to come up with every possible scenario. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, honestly. I, I will be interested to see. But at least I'm glad that it seems like uh, we are going to get hockey back and get the Stanley Cup uh Handed off to somebody this year because it would have been terrible to, to not crown a champion this year. I feel a first time in how many years would it have been Grumpy Old Man? A long, long, long time, right? Since yeah, well, don't make it sound like I was around when that didn't happen. Okay, <laughs> it was a lot further than that. All right, it was way, way, way back. Don't even ask me what year, but it was way back before I was born. I'm just going to tell you that much, right? Now. Well, that, that was that's definitely a long time ago, Grumpy Old Man. Yeah, nice try trying to throw another cheap shot at me. I've been very nice to you today. And you're trying to attack me here right at the end. I know. I say, you know, here's the thing. I might be old, which means I got experience. And I can see, uh, you know, when someone's trying to set a trap for me. <laughs> oh, grumpy. I can only imagine now. I know we're recording this here on Sunday. How is Mother's Day? I know uh, you you do have children, grumpy. How is, uh, how is your wife? How has uh, Mother's Day been? Has it been grueling? Has it been fun? Has it been enjoyable? How is it for you? Uh no, it's not grueling. Okay. It's been fine. It's, you know, just another Sunday. Um, you know, my wife, I don't think my children got anything from my wife. They're kind of useless that way. Um, there were some <laughs> flowers delivered to her, but I don't know what the card said, but since I didn't get her anything, I just filled out another card and put my name on it. So, you know, 
anything to make myself look good at the expense of others. There you go. You actually had to steal the flowers before they got in, so you can go ahead and take credit for it, right? No, I just I just swapped the card out. I didn't steal. <laughs> so the it flowers. makes it look like it was from you, right? Exactly. Of course. You know, <laughs> I, like I said, this is not my first rodeo. There you go, grumpy old man. I like it. I like it. I'm lucky. I don't. I don't have to worry about Mother's Day just quite yet. Uh, no children in the picture for myself. Hold so hold on. Hold on. Don't you have a mother? Oh yeah, of course, of course. Oh, my mother. Oh. I'm talking about. I don't live with my mom, the grumpy old man. Wow. I like how you're trying to paint that picture. I don't live with my mom, grumpy old man. I don't know. You said you didn't have to worry about Mother's Day because your <laughs> fiance doesn't have. You don't have any children. Well, what about your mother? I mean, oh, I, I already took care. I took care of mothers, grandmothers, everything like that. I already sent them something. I don't live near them, but I sent them all something in the mail. Something to be yeah. like, hey, miss you, blah, 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 something sappy. Oh, well, that's, you know, nice to see how sincere you are, uh, you know, sending <laughs> the person who birthed you and your grandmother. Hey, you know, whatever. I had to do it. So I sent you something. No, 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 no. I didn't have to, I didn't have to do it. I wasn't obligated to do it. But the thing is, I'm like, I'm not great with words through like a text or a letter or anything like that. You know, I'd be like, hey, missing you, thinking about you. I'd get help from the fiance to go ahead and put a little bit more of a, a – uh, a thoughtful twist on it where I actually can articulate my thoughts on the paper. Well, as long as you had someone else do it, because we know the way you butcher words on this podcast, I can only imagine how bad it is in writing. Uh, Grumpy, I'm going to tell you one thing. Thank God for autocorrect and thank God for spell check. I honestly don't know where I would have been without a spell check on my computer. I grew up always where they had spell check to a certain degree. And if, if I was back in the typewriter days, I don't know how many words I'd misspell, misuse. It would have been ugly. I mean, I I can't tell you how often I'm like, I think this is kind of how you spell the word. And autocorrect gets me. I'm like, well, I was two letters off and I missed this one and that one. I'm like, thank God for autocorrect. I've become, I don't know if it's, I've become lazy with spelling just because autocorrect's always there. It's like a crutch for me. Uh, but I've definitely benefited from autocorrect. That is for sure. Well, when I was... When I was growing up, guess what? You had to learn how to actually spell. It's nice to know that you don't know how to do that. And then you also mentioned, you know, misusing words. You still do that to this day. Anyone who listens to this podcast know that you do it on a weekly basis. I do it on more than we. I do it on a daily basis. I mean, like I do it on the podcast, and that's only listening to me for you know anywhere from thirty minutes to an hour. So the possibility of me making more mistakes outside of the podcast are very high. Well, I know that you know you like to use the big words to talk about, you know, how smart you are and, you know, or try to portray yourself as being smart and you try to use big words on the podcast and I keep on correcting you. No, that's not correct. And you'll read some obscure reference, you know, like uh, defin uh, dictionary definition number nine or something like that that no one looks at. Uh, and then now you've just even admitted that you don't know how to use words. You don't know how to spell them. So I'm going to tell you what. Stop using big words on this podcast and stop using them in real life because you're just going to get yourself in trouble. Oh, Grumpy, I'm trying to improve. You're going to make mistakes as you try to improve. I love the English language. I think it's uh, – I think it's – here it was I was looking for a big word to describe it. But I'm going to go ahead and decide against it. I think it's I think it's a beautiful language, and I think there's a lot of different nuances of the language that I haven't learned yet that I still want to learn. Well, let me tell you something. Podcast 101, No one wants to hear about your definition of the English <laughs> language and if it's a beautiful language or not. Uh, 
I don't get, well, I'm not even going to tell you what I think about the English language. I use it. That's all I know. All right? It's not, I use it for communicating. I don't think it's beautiful. It's what I use to communicate. And the way you use words, you shouldn't say it's beautiful either. You should just say it's a way to make yourself sound verbose and, uh, you know, overly intelligent, which if anyone knew you, you know, whoever knows you knows that that is definitely not the case. <laughs> oh, grumpy. Going tit for tat. Oh, wow. I don't even honestly remember where we left off before I asked you about Mother's Day and autocorrects. I don't even know what we were talking about, grumpy. Because, you, you know, you said that, you know, your real mother didn't care matter or your grandmother for that matter. It's the fact that, you know, you don't have any children. Well, like wow. I, said, I feel like you're not, twisting my words, grumpy. No, 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 that's exactly what you said. You said, well, you know, my fiance, I don't have any children, so I don't even have to worry about that. Well, it's I didn't really have to worry that much. I mean, like, okay. Okay. Grumpy. I'll tell you like this. If I was with my, my mother, grandmother, obviously there would be more of like, oh, I've got a day planned. I've got this. I got X, Y, and Z. We're planning on going out to the park. We're planning on going here. We're planning on going there. Uh, as much as you possibly can with COVID-19 right now. But I don't live in the same area with them. But uh so, I, you know, I just had to send something in the mail and just talk and just, you know, say, you know, happy Mother's Day and talk to him a little bit. That's what I meant where I didn't have anything where I had huge plans. And I know Grumpy, for you, you're with your wife. So I didn't know if you had any crazy elaborate plans. You were able to sneak away for a little bit the podcast or if you're busy or not. Okay. Once again, you are confusing Mother's Day with, you know, anniversary or something like that. It's not, she's not my mother. My wife is not my mother. Maybe it's a Freudian thing with you. You think she's that, a mother of your children though, Yeah, but she's not my mother. She's not my mother. <laughs> okay. That's my point. See, I mean, see, once again, like I said, the intelligence thing is it's, you're totally not, in, you're not getting this. I mean, I'll have to write it down for you and send it to you to make you sure that what your mother is, what mother's day stands for. It's not for the husband to, I mean, especially your age. I mean, you should be, you know, you shouldn't worry about your children. You don't have any. You should consider your mother and not say I had to have my girlfriend write something sappy to try to pass it off like I'm concerned about them when you admitted that you weren't. I just had her help articulate the feelings I had inside is what it is. Oh, there you go. Now she, 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 she did it. She did it in a very tactful way where she has a good way with those type of emotional words where I'm like, meh. I'm um, bing, 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 bing. Yeah. Okay. You like that? Bing, bang, bing, bang, bang. Bing, bang, boom. Bada bing, bada boom. Yes. Mm. Like that. Wow. What does the podcast evolve to, Grumpy? Listen, TJ, tell <laughs> us what his definition of the English language is. I mean, <laughs> you can tell that we are starving for hockey here when we're letting TJ tell us the benefits and the beautification of the English language. I mean, anyone who listens to podcasts know that you are a word butcher. You butcher the English language on a regular basis, weekly, as a matter of fact. I mean, and that's just on this podcast. I, you know, in your regular life, I can imagine how many times that you just verbally slay the English language on a regular basis. It's it's probably up there, Grumpy. It's probably up there. No lying. That's for sure. I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. Well, I, can, I did want to kind of bring this back to hockey, Grumpy. I know as much as you, you did have fun getting a few pokes and prods in, um, I just kind of want to bring it back to the central theme where this is obviously good news that we're, we're headed towards um, NHL returning into a certain capacity. Um, and this is good. I, I don't know what else to say, but this is good news. And 
Uh, I'm happy that, you know, things are going back to hopefully somewhat of a normal. I know in certain sports leagues like uh, MMA had fights yesterday, uh, Saturday night. I mean, that's a pretty uh, physical, abrasive sport where you're on top of each other all the time. And um, I know the soccer league, I know Bundesliga, which is a German league. They're coming back, I believe it's May 15th or, or thereabout. So sports leagues are starting to return across the world, which is good because, I mean, my God almighty, I have been starved for sports. Yeah, um, I'm 100% agreement there. You know what I find interesting? Major League Baseball, and they're the most powerful union of all the sports teams, they're already saying that they're gearing up for a fight with the owners over this. And I'm just, I'm like, guys, and they're like, well, they want to cut our pay. We don't think we should take a cut in pay. You have no fans. You have, you're playing no games. Do you really think you deserve to get paid? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, now, are they, are they still planning on playing a 162-game season no. in the MLB this year? No. I don't think so. I think they're going to scale that back, however many games they're going to play. But, you know, they want that as a, they the MLB wants to, cut their pay and well, they, here's a crazy idea just prorate it as to what the regular season is i mean like i know it's not a perfect way of doing this because you can't go ahead and obviously account for you know the playoffs but most players in their clauses have certain bonuses they get whether they win an mvp whether they make the playoffs what round of the playoffs they get to but just go ahead and prorate their contract based off of how many games they can play i, I understand that they're a very very powerful union but in a certain in a certain respect yet you just kind of got to take a step back there and look at it from the grand scope of things. The Americans are struggling left and right. They're not going to be as many fans at these games either because how many, I mean, the unemployment rates right now, 14.7%. And there's been a lot of jobs lost during this time period. There's not going to be as many people who are going to be able to, to spend money on things like going to sporting events, which are really a luxury. Right. Right. I mean, but, Really, the people who are going to sporting events on a regular basis, you got to have money to do that, to be like a season ticket holder. Those things aren't cheap. Um, but you, you know that the, comp the TV uh, companies are going to want to scale back what they're paying on their contracts also. I mean, they're not getting content. So, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And, you know, another sport that you mentioned, I know it's, you know, is uh, World Wrestling Entertainment. They never stopped. Uh, I mean, they've been, you know, they don't do it in front of live crowds, but they have two events every single week on television. You know, you mentioned MMA and, you know, they're able to get it done. So, you know, it'd be interesting, you know, to see how it plays out. And um, I think specifically when you talk baseball, that is a sport where you don't have to have a lot of money to go to a baseball game. You can find your team and go up in the bleeds and pay $8 for a ticket. Um, and again, like your team is not, they're not like the Boston Red Sox good, but if you're, if you're just a, you know, local fan at, you know, a team where you're like, eh, I want something to do tonight. I'm looking for something to do. The, the tickets are relatively cheap. You'll get, you'll get more, you'll pay more towards beer and concessions than you will in the actual ticket. I don't know any major league baseball ticket that you can get for $8. I don't know. I haven't been to a baseball game in a long time, Grumpy. I'm talking about, we're talking about sitting in the bleeds, the top row. So now you're going to – now you're misrepresenting the financial scale that these teams get paid to go to a baseball – why don't you just say $4? 50 cents to get in. Two bits gets into a major league game. I understand what you're saying. But, you know, there's – and I think you're right. 
even when things get opened up, and I know we've had a soft open around the country this week, uh, you're going to see more co- uh, coronavirus cases. You just are. I mean, you know, as more people get exposed to it, more people are going to get it. I mean, that's that's just what's going to happen. Um, and I think initially when these sports teams come in, they can say we're not going to have any fans. Certain Certain sports can get away with that, I feel. But the big ones, I think, are going to struggle with that concept. I think it's going to happen where you're going to see no fans, but it's going to be totally different. Um, I think that impacts college football the most. I think that is a sport where you need fans in the stands too. Well, the NCAA mentioned, I believe, on Friday that if people aren't going to school, they're not going to be playing sports, college sports. Wow. So if people are not – you know, going to be in college, they're not, they're not going to cancel their seasons. Wow. So that's that's the first time I've heard that. That is, that is definitely grounding because oh, I, I hope, I hope, I love college football. I hope and pray they don't go ahead and, and cancel or make a, make a, a rational decision on that because I understand some schools are already talking about right now, just making the entire first semester online only. And if that's the case, uh, I could see them trying to cancel the entire first semester's worth of sports. That and that, who does? I mean, think about that it. affects so many different people. Not only does it affect those college seniors that you know, let's say in a football scenario, are trying to play at the next level, it affects all those NFL teams as well. You don't get to see any of those players play, and you're just kind of going off of what they did a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, when you have next year's draft. I mean, that definitely hurts. The scouts that hurts the NFL teams that hurts just research that hurts hurts the colleges too because these these college teams and these college institutions make so much money off of their college sports programs. Right. So and so, guess what? Their um, their endowments are going to dry up. You're not going to see them be able to offer as many scholarships to non athletes because they don't have the money. I mean, it's a, the whole thing's a trickle down effect. You know, you used to hear Reagan to the. Uh, trickle down economics well this is you know when things are bad everybody hurts yeah and the people the bottom suffer the most honestly it's not the people up top the people the bottom so you're going to see less scholarships for you know athletes as well as non-athletes at schools i mean it's well the the athletes won't have their scholarships affected so division one has it to where each each sport has uh, a certain allotment of scholarships that they're given uh, via the conference and all the conferences on, on, on the top tier level are essentially the same. When you get down to lower tiers like Division One, AA, Division Two, that's when what conference you're aligned with really determines how many scholarships you have available. Yeah, but they might not be able to get as much under the table money like they usually get too. So. Now that is a completely different story and topic for itself, Grumpy. But yep. um, you're right. I, I could I I did not know that they were talking about that um, and. I know because it was funny, actually, I was having a conversation with a friend who is um, in graduate school, engineering graduate school at Auburn. And he said the teachers were going on strike until they provided coronavirus vaccines for every single one of them. They were only going to teach virtually. They wouldn't teach in person. 
until they had provided COVID-19 vaccines for every single one of them. And obviously with COVID-19 vaccine not being around or available this time period, obviously that could be an extended time period that they determined that they are not going to go ahead and show up and, and teach the, the engineering program in graduate school, but over the, you know, I mean, over the computer. So that, that it's definitely interesting to see, you know, the impact this is going to have on those institutions and those college sports too. I'm definitely going to have to keep my eyes peeled, Grumpy. I did not know that that development happened. Well, Again, just those teachers just being tone deaf to the situation, of course. Uh, you know what? You want to leave? You want to go on strike? No problem. We'll bring in somebody who does want to teach the class because I'm sure there's a lot of people out well, there. That they they want to teach. They just don't want to teach in person. And I think that he was telling me the situation. The majority of the teachers are older. So, again, I do kind of understand. But in the same token, it's going to be interesting to see how many other different teachers band together in a union of sorts and do something similar to that and how much of an impact that has. Well, maybe it's time for them to retire anyway. <laughs> oh, grumpy. Well, I, I know we, we didn't talk solely hockey about everything, but we did have some hockey news and I was excited about that. Um, grumpy, before we kind of wrap the podcast up, is there anything else you want to add in? Yeah, I would like to wish – of course, I'd like to wish everyone a happy Mother's Day. I don't know how many ladies listen to our podcast, but guys, if you know this is going to be posted on a Monday, so if you forgot to wish your significant other or your mother a happy Mother's Day, it's a little late by the or time you're you this, so you're going to look like a fool. But you know, plead ignorance like I did this morning when I said I didn't realize it was this week. I knew it was coming up. I didn't think it was this early. I thought it was next week, um, which I did actually. Uh, so I kind of actually I realized it yesterday, but I did kind of drop the ball a little bit. I did think that Mother's Day I knew it was coming up, but I don't have that date memorized uh, in my mind. I know it's in May. Thank God, because uh, my fiance told me he's like Mother's Day is coming up soon. I'm like glad you told me because we don't have cable right now. And usually cable TV would be hitting you with a million different advertisements like, don't forget about Mother's Day. But with coronavirus and COVID-19 being all over the place, I haven't gotten those Mother's Day type of commercials to remind me that Mother's Day is around the corner. But well, thank just, goodness she did remind me. <laughs> well, just to let you know, it is the second Sunday in May. I'll forget it by next year, though. So the second, you know, uh, you know, my wife, she remembered it was the second Sunday in May. I don't think she even knows my name half the time, but she remembered the second uh, Sunday in May is Mother's Day, and I should know that. That's not funny. Oh, gee, <laughs> we get a <laughs> Grumpy there. There's <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Grumpy old lady. Goodness, Grumpy. That's correct. Oh gosh. See, see, that's what I have to deal with. See, over my shoulder right now. Oh, everything I do. You're gonna you're gonna have to do something to make up for that, Grumpy. Yeah, I'm sure mm -hmm. I will. All righty. Well, thank I, you for being a. What was I, that? I live in the doghouse. Oh, <laughs> you have the permanent spot on the couch. Very true. Oh, Grumpy. All right. Well, thank you so much, Grumpy Man, for being a part of the podcast, as always. My pleasure. And thank you, the Hockey Podcast Network. Again, very big thanks to them. They allow us to have this podcast on multiple different platforms. Whether you listen to your podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, doesn't matter. You can find the Hockey Podcast Network's version of the Never Say Die podcast. So thank you. And Happy Mother's Day to all. I know the podcast is going to come out technically on Monday, but happy Mother's Day to all mothers. And thank goodness it looks like hockey's coming back around the corner. But thank you again, grumpy old man, and I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you. <laughs>